Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch Soap Company, and by Fry the Coop. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends, to what has turned out to be a very special edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. With me, of course, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score of the I'm Fat Podcast of best-selling authorship fame. And I think I... Have you won Father of the Year yet? Have they uh, done the voting on that? Um, you, you you definitely are in the running, buddy, with all of the uh, no. fun activities you seemingly arrange for your kid. I'm always very jealous of your adventures. So how's it going, Mr. Perfect? Uh, first of all, you're overselling my book success. I'm not a best-selling author, author on any chart you check. I'm just going to continue to say it until it happens. I'm <laughs> okay. like, it's one of those things where I'm trying to manifest it. All right. I appreciate that. I can't be father of the year when to get a reaction from my 10 year old daughter, I give her the finger. That's not an option. <laughs> so that's out. Um, so, yeah, uh, I do host the I'm Fat podcast. So you are correct in that. But hey, if you'd like to order a signed copy of my book, I have very few copies left. I have like 15 left. And if you want them for the holidays, you've got to order now. Madhousepod.com slash book that's if you want a signed personalized copy you can get it anywhere books are sold but if you want me to write it you know to jimmy you know keep pushing for your dreams love jay that's madhousepod.com slash book and i'll ship that priority mail you place the order i'll mail it the next day so you should get in plenty of time for the holidays but enough about that oh yeah follow us on social media twitter at madhousepod facebook madhouse underscore pod 
Uh, we're on, uh, did I say Instagram? Sorry. Instagram.com slash yeah. Madhouse underscore pod. And then Facebook is Facebook Hockey C-H-I. Um, but we've got big Blackhawks news. That's why I'm distracted and scrambled. Finally, 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 we have clarity about the top of the organization. The Blackhawks have split their presidency into two positions. Stan Bowman becomes the Hawks president of hockey operations. That gives him full power over the branch while remaining while maintaining his GM duties. And Jamie Faulkner has been hired as the Hawks new president of business ops. She begins her job on January 4th. Danny Wirtz uh, will he's no longer president, but he becomes the Blackhawks CEO. So he's still involved with the team, just not in the same exact role. So a big news day that sort of hit us out of nowhere. We're glad it hit before we started recording the podcast and not after. Yeah, literally, we were preparing for an interview with uh, Chris Peters from ESPN. We were going to talk to him about the World Junior Championships and some Blackhawks prospect news, and we did end up talking to him. That interview, I believe, will come out next week. But it literally happened five minutes before that interview was set to happen. So we kind of had to go into scramble mode and figure some stuff out. And here we are, man. We're finally talking about the thing that we've been kind of speculating about for nine flipping months. And it all ends with Stan Bowman getting a promotion. Because that is essentially what this boils down to. It gives him more power. It gives him a new title. Really locks him in, I think, to the organization no matter what happens during the next season. I think we kind of were able to read the tea leaves a little bit when they started talking about rebuild or reload or however you want to kind of approach it. it. It's very clear now that Stan Bowman is running the show. He, is no long, he isn't tied to Jeremy Colleton. He's not tied to the results on the ice necessarily it does really seem like he's going to be able to kind of call all of his own shots now. And I've obviously have seen plenty of mixed reaction to that already on social media from Blackhawks fans. And the first thing that I thought of immediately was that it just kind of, when you look at it with the long view of what we've seen so far, it kind of makes sense. The team just really seemed to really be buying into what Stan Bowman was kind of articulating and selling and they're going to give him carte blanche to basically approach this rebuild and this reload any way that he seems he sees fit. And today's news is definitely evidence of that. Well, there's so many angles we can go with Stan Bowman, and we're going to. Uh, I want to make sure we address um, Jamie Faulkner's role, too. I really like the fact that they are clearly separating these two roles. They did not bring in anyone with any sort of hockey connection whatsoever. And I think that, you know, from the moment John McDonough was let go, things started to leak out a little bit. People started talking a little bit about his involvement, how he would sort of interfere or interject on hockey decisions. Stan Bowman didn't say he interfered, but would go on and say, like, oh yeah, John offered his input a lot. Now you have a clear separation of hockey and business. And I really like it. I also like that the Hawks Went outside the box. They brought somebody in. Uh, Jamie Faulkner works for uh, Levy Restaurants. Uh, she's around the Hawks because that's mm-hmm. owned by, is it owned by the Wurtzes or something? There's some sort of ownership stake there. Uh, she founded the company E15, which was the analytics arm of Levy Restaurants. So she knows what she's doing. Uh, also noteworthy that yet again, the Blackhawks bring in a female uh, to have a forward-facing role with the organization, running the heels of Kendall Coyne and a few others. 
Um, progressive hires here made by the Hawks. And, and what I like the most about this is it is a clear separation. You didn't have that with John McDonough. I don't think Jamie Faulkner is going to be knocking on Sam Bowman's door suggesting trades and call-ups. That won't be happening. Now, is that enough for you, the Blackhawks fan, to grow some faith in Stan Bowman now that it's clearly 100% on him? I don't know if your faith grows in him, but now he has nothing to hide behind. If this doesn't work, it's him. There's no yeah. one else. There's no one else to answer for it. He is the director of hockey, the president of hockey operations. If hockey operations fail, Stan Bowman is the one to go. And I wonder, James, you said that he's not necessarily tied to Jeremy Cowden. I still think that could be a factor. I still think he might be. If Cowden turns out to be a total failure after this year or next, I don't know, man. I, I think they can probably say, oh, you know, coronavirus shortened year. Things were weird. We didn't get to look at our prospects as much as we'd like. Okay, fine. Excuse made for year three of Jeremy Cowden. But if after two years from today, if things aren't better, I think you could see Bowman and Cowden tied together. We've got a long time to discuss that possibility. And we'll also consider the new hierarchy that they've kind of set up here where uh, Stan Bowman, like you said, is president of hockey operations. He's essentially the Theo Epstein of the Chicago Blackhawks. Like one of the first things he could do, <clears throat> excuse me, is if they really are kind of irritated with the way he's running things, he could bring in a GM. Like he, he still has that job title right now. That's, that's maybe another salvo that he can now fire. That's possible. I also did want to point out that Jay Blanc is still with the team. He will report to Jamie Faulkner. Al McIsaac will report to Stan Bowman. So there is definitely a definitive split now between business and hockey. And before we start kind of rolling into the Bowman stuff, I did want to say that I'm really interested to see what Jamie Faulkner does in terms of not only like the in-game experience at the United Center, which she'll obviously be a big part of. She's also going to be in charge of growing the team's fan base, which I, I know has kind of been an issue in the last couple of years with the team's kind of descent from like the mountaintops of the hockey realm. That's going to be really important. So it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of projects she ends up spearheading to kind of grow that fan base, especially among young hockey fans. I think that's going to be a really important part of this to kind of like, you know, set some, you know, kind of sprinkle some seeds, I guess you would call it, and kind of watch those grow out into full-blown hockey fans. She'll be in charge of sales, marketing. Maybe we'll get some new slogans. I guess we'll find out. And then obviously the corporate and brand management type stuff that she'll be doing too. But I'm really interested to see, especially growing the fan base. I think that's going to be a really important thing for the Blackhawks moving forward. You want to make them a Chicago institution, keep them that way. Even if the team's fortunes on the ice kind of take a dip, that's really important to be able to do. And I'm really looking forward to kind of what she has to offer in terms of that area. And I know that she'll, obviously she sounds really excited for the challenge based on everything that she said. With Stan, I, I think again that he's going to be the guy who can potentially, yeah, he's. I think he's insulated now from firing at least for the short term and probably longer than that. I still think the team, unless they just catastrophically fall apart, which at this point, how that would be slightly difficult to do based on how kind of bad they were last season. I think that he'll be given the opportunity to find another coach. He'd be given the opportunity to bring in another voice for hockey ops if he wanted to hire a GM. 
this seems to me that the Blackhawks have fully bought into what he's willing to do, and they have kind of illustrated that they're going to be patient with that. And I do think that he would survive even if Jeremy Colleton just becomes an absolute train wreck this season. It's hard for me to get my brain there, and you're probably correct. That's probably how it will go. But to me, the moment you fire Joel Quenville, and whether it was justified or not, look, it looked like you know that the time had sort of come for Joel to move on. You know, the, the writing was on the wall. He was great, but every coach moves on at some point in their career, right? You do that, and you bring in the hire you make, right? You bring in Jeremy Callen, this young guy, this up-and-comer, and it doesn't work. I have a really hard time trusting you to bring in another coach. And you've mentioned it a couple times here. Maybe that director of hockey ops or president of hockey ops title for Bowman protects him a little bit because if he's like, you know what? Jeremy Cowton didn't work out. I'm going to bring in a GM and that GM is going to bring in their coach, right? Like it sort of gives him another sort of an angle to protect himself saying, oh, you know, that being the president and the GM at the same time is, is more challenging than I thought it would be. I'm going to bring in someone to work directly under me and run the team, run the day to day. I don't know that that's another sort of shield that Bowman has. And I, and I think we do need to be careful also that we're not kind of putting the cart before the horse here. I mean, we haven't seen how his rebuild plan is going to shake out. Right. Like, I don't think we should be I don't, I don't think we should be going into this assuming that it's going to fail, which it kind of sounds like when we're talking about, like, what the next step is and whether he can avoid being fired or whatever. Maybe we should instead focus on just kind of the shorter term ramifications of this, like kind of the the alterations, I guess, that he's now going to be authorized to make in terms of scouting, in terms of all of the things that he's going to have to do to kind of shore up this hockey operations department. That's another interesting component of this for me with the the revenue hit that the Blackhawks suffered during the COVID pandemic. And they mentioned this in their press release. They mentioned that revenue had slowed to a trickle during the pandemic. I'm wondering what kind of financial freedom Stan Bowman is going to have if he wants to shake up the hockey ops department or expand certain things or what have you. I wonder how that's going to play out if the team is really that adamant about saying, hey, we're suffering because of this COVID pandemic, that's another thing that's kind of flying under the radar, and I would be fascinated to see how they're going to handle it both publicly and in the way that they handle their hockey operations. Yeah, and that's the great unknown for all sports, right, is, okay, you know, Fauci said you could look at maybe second quarter of 2021 as things returning to normal a little bit, so maybe – Midsummer, late summer, you could see fans in baseball parks again. Maybe in a if things work out really well, the Stanley Cup final has fans in the building. I don't know. But look, without fans and without concessions and without parking, without alcohol sales and all those things that bring money into a franchise, they don't really know. So it's you know, I know they've probably I'm sure the Wurtz family has like a hockey budget and a real estate budget and all the things that the Wurtzes have their hands on. They're allotted, but one always affects the other, right? Because the beverage part of Wirtz Co. is affected by games at the United Center. They're not selling as much liquor if they're not stocking the United Center with liquor, right? So it's it all kind of works together. It's all a big sort of a snowball of the Wirtz Corporation. And like I said, this is with every organization. So I think the fact that they clearly reorganized and then announced this new structure... I think this is what it's going to be for the time being. And I think 
Bowman knows. I think Bowman's comfortable with it. And, and I think, look, I think we need to sort of just accept it because I know there's a lot of fans say that are probably pissed that Sam Bowman is not fired. But if you thought after the rollout this fall that they were going to up and fire Stan Bowman, you're, you were fooling yourself. So we've known for a while that he was going to be involved, at least in some way. I like the fact that he has now this title, president of hockey ops and general manager that gives absolute power. It also gives him absolute criticism when things go wrong. And I like that. I like that he has full accountability now. Good or bad. Good or bad. Yeah, and it, and it also obviously gives a lot of clarity to the situation, too. They're going to let him do whatever he needs to do. There's not going to be a half-assed approach to this. And I think that that's something that Blackhawks fans, good or bad, should embrace. Because if it works, it's fantastic. And if it doesn't, at least you gave it an actual opportunity and didn't try to take shortcuts to shorten the amount of time that it was going to take. I think that the one thing that I am concerned about with that is just like I said earlier, the fact that you still have these revenue concerns. And I'm wondering if Rocky Wirtz is going to pull back on the purse strings a little bit and keep Stan from kind of making advances in hockey ops if he wants to make more hires or he's going to force him to trade away players to save money on the salary cap or whatever else could potentially stem for that. If he's limiting him in that way, it could undermine what he's doing. I don't know if Stan Bowman would have necessarily taken on the added responsibilities if that were the case, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward because that could have a pretty sizable impact on whether or not he's successful. But at least now we have the clarity and we have the knowledge that this is going to be a process that will be allowed to play out. They're not going to try to short-circuit it at any point. Them naming Stan Bowman president of hockey operations signals to me that they're ready and willing to take this rebuilding idea seriously, and that's honestly, at this point, probably the best that Blackhawks fans can hope for. Well, if you want to help the Blackhawks with the revenue, go ahead and head to triplethreadsports.com and order yourself a Blackhawks jersey for the holidays because uh, the Hawks could use revenue. Triple Threat Sports, a small business, could use your help. They also power our merch shop, madhousepodmerch.com. If you're a fan of the podcast, you're listening. I assume you are. And if you know a fan of the podcast, get him a T-shirt, get him a hoodie for the holidays. MadhousePodMerch.com, powered by our friends at Triple Threat Sports. Email Chris at TripleThreatSports.com or call 708-478-6090. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. I also want to tell you about our friends at Fry the Coop and FryTheCoop.com, the best hot chicken on earth. Prospect Heights, congratulations. You have a Fry the Coop, and I was driving around Tinley Park the other day and the Tinley Park location is oh so close. I think I'm going to set up a tent, James, outside Fry the Coop until they open. I I might join you. I'm that excited. (laughs) Tinley Park will be the closest location to my apartment as well. So I I think we need to camp out. We'll get a space heater. Um, Maybe we'll sit on some of the uh, hot chicken spice just to warm ourselves up in the winter (laughs) while we wait for them to open. But I think it's end of this year or early in 2021. So Fry the Coop coming soon to Tinley Park. What's Fry the Coop? I already told you. Great hot chicken. Hot chicken tenders, sandwiches, chicken and waffles. Check them out, frythecoop.com. Place your order online and pick up safely from their pickup windows at any of their locations. And James, the Tinley one's going to have a drive through That's dangerous. Really looking forward to it, though. Frythecoop.com. Come get your happiness at Fry the Coop. There's another topic uh, in terms of, I don't know, this would probably fall more under Jamie Faulkner's category. And this is something we've talked about a lot. The Cleveland Indians are no longer the Indians. And 
every time one of these decisions is made, the clock starts to tick again on the Blackhawks. They're also talking about the Vancouver Canucks changing their logo because it's appropriating, you know, native culture with the almost like the totem pole style orca on their jersey. This stuff is moving quickly. You already had the Washington football team. Now you've got the Cleveland Indians. Uh, this is coming soon for the Hawks, and I wonder if that's going to be something on Jamie Faulkner's plate or if that's more of a Rocky and Danny sort of a decision. I, I will point out that the Cleveland Indians are not rolling their new name out until 2022, a, a move that I know got a lot of uh, – kind of pushback and criticism that it seems like they're just trying to kind of amp up sales of Indians merchandise before they switch names. And I know that they've said that uh, portions of the proceeds of the sales of those items are going to go to Native American organizations. So I, I know that a lot of people have been kind of critical of the Indians for kind of slow playing the decision for as long as they have been. And I just figured probably throw that out there. But I also I, I, I do have to concede something about the Canucks logo. I didn't really realize I never looked at it closely enough to notice that it was that totem pole style design on the Canucks logo. Like how difficult would that be to just change it to a regular orca, I guess is what I'm saying. It's about as easy as it would be to change it to a black hawk. <laughs> I just I saw that and I was like I never knew that. Like, I knew, like, the Seattle Thunderbirds, like, I knew their logo mm -hmm. was like that. Yep. I honestly didn't know that about the Canucks. Yeah, I guess the the shape of the, I don't know, you call it a nose on an orca, and then the way the eye is designed have that totem pole look to it. When you, if you, I guess if you're just looking at it in passing, you wouldn't notice. But when you look closely at it, you can really see it. Um, but, look, I... This is coming for the Blackhawks at some point. It's going to happen. This will not be the logo for, you know, forever. I think within the next five, seven years, they're probably going to make a change. And this is just something else that will fall, I think, probably on the plate of Jamie Faulkner. She will meet the media on Thursday. I'm sure that will be one of the questions she will be asked during that press conference. But look, here we are, man. We have clarity now on the you know, on the future of the Blackhawks, where they're going to be for the next, you know, for the foreseeable future. And as far as the hockey upside goes, to me, it's it's show me. Show me you can do it. After talking to Stan Bowman and hearing him talk to everybody, I'm open-minded with what he's selling. I'm open-minded with what he's saying. Now I need to see the plan enacted. And like we told him, now you're on record as this being your plan. Every move you make that does not reflect that plan is going to be criticized and 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 it's up to him now to follow through with the plan that he sold to everybody this offseason absolutely yeah and I think that it's really interesting watching the future kind of you know play itself out and kind of the we can obviously see now like the path forward for the Blackhawks both on the ice and off and it's just been it's been a big so far it's just it's already been an, an incredible week in terms of kind of defining the future of the organization, both from a hockey perspective, like you alluded to, the logo perspective, which I agree with you that the change is coming. And I've been one of the people saying that you might as well rip the Band-Aid off and just do it now. Like it, there, there's no sense in kind of delaying the inevitable. And I appreciate everything the Blackhawks have been doing in terms of Native American outreach. And I just I still think that at the end of the day, 
the logo is going to change. You might as well do it as soon as you possibly can. And I just I think that we're starting to get clarity on a lot of these issues. I'm sure that's going to come up, like you said, tomorrow during Jamie Faulkner's press conference. It'll continue to be an issue so long as these changes of team names and logos are in the news. And it's, it's kind of amazing that even when there's no hockey going on right now and we haven't had hockey in our lives for four months, or sorry, at least NHL hockey, there is obviously other hockey going on, but to not have that in our lives and to still have these kind of news stories, it's kind of amazing that the news cycle just kind of never stops. No, and it won't. And this this particular news cycle is going to stick around for a long time. So, look, and I know there's people listening that are rolling their eyes and are frustrated and all those things, and you might disagree that the Hawks logo needs to get changed, but I made this point last podcast. When the Washington football team beat the Ravens a couple weeks ago, those fans still enjoyed it. It was still football. It was still a big win. It was still something to enjoy. The logo is not what's brought you joy over the years. It's the team. It's the players. It's the coaches. It's the memories that you know happen regardless of what the crest is. So whatever the Blackhawks decide to do, whenever they decide to do it, um, you know, just roll with it. It's not the end of the world. It's really not. It's uh, it's going to be fine. Sports teams change their logo all the time. If you're a White Sox fan, you know that. <laughs> How many iterations of, of Sox jerseys and logos have there been over the years? Uh, it happens. It happens in sports all the time. Remember the teal Detroit Pistons? <laughs> it didn't take away the bad boys. It still happened. It still happened. Yeah. So, you know, take it in stride and just know it's coming. You can push against it, but it's coming. And uh, look, does it offend me directly? No. Does it offend other people? Yes. Therefore, probably time to make a change. All right, let's take a quick time out, regroup a little bit, James. It's a big news day, but there's a lot of other stuff around hockey we want to talk about. First, I want to tell you about our longest running partner, Marishka's in Crest Hill, 604 Theater Street. They're family owned and operated since 1933. We talk about small businesses operating in a pandemic. Marishka's has been around since 1933, and they they need your help too, just like everybody. Even established businesses like that are getting crushed by this thing. It looks like the light's at the end of the tunnel. The vaccine is being distributed, but these businesses still need your help. So go visit our friends at Marishka's in Crest Hill. Place a takeout order. You're going to love the poor boy, the yodel burger, the double baked potato. Everything there is absolutely fantastic. Made with love the same way since 1933. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July and Thanksgiving. So go to marishkas.com or facebook.com slash marishkas and place your order today. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. We'll be back with a whole lot more on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible. Welcome back into this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We spent the first part of the podcast talking about the Blackhawks' new leadership structure, which we finally got after it seemed like an eternity of not having any clarity on it. So there's at least that for the Blackhawks. We also talked about the implications of the Cleveland Indians finally changing their team mascot. That's also, you know, could potentially have uh, ramifications for the Blackhawks moving forward. But now we are going to talk again. It seems like we talk about this every single podcast. We are going to talk about the fact that the Black or the NHL rather 
is still talking about how they're going to move forward with a 2020-2021 season. Right now, Jay, the latest that we know is that there still isn't a deal yet, but there is still growing momentum for at least the start of the season to have hubs. Hubs that obviously the NHL does not want to play the entire season in regional hubs, but it does sound like there is growing momentum for that. There would be one hub in Canada for the Canadian teams, and then the American teams would be split likely into three divisions of eight teams each. And according to Elliot Friedman, um, he said that the potential hubs that they're looking at as of right now would be in Columbus, Newark, and Las Vegas. And I know that those obviously are not the sexiest of locales, obviously with Vegas accepted, but... They all have one very important thing in common, which is they don't share their buildings with NBA teams, and they also have other ice sheets available for practices, et cetera, et cetera. So, Jay, how uh, how are we feeling right now, man? I'm feeling like I'm just trying to, you know, be as passive and just accept this news as it comes in, and I'm trying not to get too excited, and I'm still hoping that we get hockey by, like, January 13th, but we'll see. It's all so fluid and so weird right now. It's hard to really get excited about it. It really is tough. And you have to wonder, you know, is the NHL going to try to find a way to secure enough vaccines for everybody? And then you have the whole like moral dilemma of that whole thing. There's a lot of things to be concerned about. But like you, James, I just have my head down and I've got January 13th circled on the calendar, hoping they can find a way to make it work. And am I being a little bit selfish? Yes, probably. But my small business <laughs> depends on hockey being played as does yours, right? Like the, the, we're, we're invested in this like everybody else. And my mental health relies on hockey being here. I, last night I was watching TV and hopes like, what do you want to watch? I'm like, you know what I want to watch? I want to watch hockey. I want to watch a damn Blackhawks hockey game. That's what I want to do right now because the weather's telling me the Blackhawks should be on my TV and they're not. So she's like, watch a hockey game. I'm like, that's a damn good idea. So I found a random game uh, from <laughs> December to watch. I watch, I scouted. We'll get into this next week because I'm going to scout all three guys. James is going to join me. I started watching uh, Nikita Zadorov against the Blackhawks, and he was assigned to Patrick Kane uh, the entire game, and that was very interesting to watch, and we'll get into that uh, very, very soon. So look out for that. That's called a tease. A but tease. I'm just I'm – just, point being, I'm so hungry for hockey – I can't wait for the World Junior Championships. That's going to be awesome. I'm going to watch that with a focus I've never watched with before because it's super fascinating to me, especially with Kirby Doc being a big part of it. Um, I'm I'm ready, man. And I look, I have a new level of expectation from the NHL based on how well they pulled off the playoffs. And now I have this hope that they're going to find a way when maybe I should need to remind myself, we're still talking about Gary Bettman's NHL, right? And there's a tweet here from David Pagnotta of the fourth period. Uh, this was from earlier today. He says, uh, Bettman is quoted saying, we're focused on starting at some point, hopefully in mid-January. The NHL and NHLPA keep working towards a January 13th start date. However, I was told last night, this is Pagnotta speaking, there is some internal pessimism if a deal isn't reached this week. Sources on both the NHL and PA side have told me the 13th is still what they're working towards and aiming for, but there's, but time's tight, and some folks believe the start date could be pushed if things aren't hammered out soon, which both sides are fever, feverishly working on now. So we'll see. It's not totally uh, January 13th 
for sure yet, but everyone on both sides is working to make that happen, and that's encouraging. I mean, obviously there's a lot of moving parts that go on with this, and I'm sure that the NHL is going to need – they're going to need time, obviously, to get these teams into their respective training camps, get them quarantined, get them tested, yada, yada. All of that is going to have to happen. They also apparently still have to hammer out details about whether games are going to be played in each team's home arena or if they're going to do a bubble-type format. That's obviously going to require a lot of setup as well to get enough hotel rooms for seven or eight teams, depending on which hub you're talking about. I, again, I all of this stuff, like all of the negotiation that's gone on through the media, all of the talk about financial ramifications, all of that stuff – It's just all been so much noise and it's all been so hard to follow. And all I all I can think to myself, and this is like the worst thing you can say, I guess, is I just want him to play hockey. That's essentially where I'm at right now. And I get it. These are very serious issues that they're having to deal with. They're having to deal with player health, player safety, the financial ramifications of the pandemic and the revenue impact that it's had. I know all of that is extremely important, but I just I think that after nine months of pandemic and nine months of staying at home, not going out to bars, not seeing my friends, not doing all of that stuff, at a certain point, I just want him to drop the damn puck. And I feel kind of bad for saying that, but I, I think that I can be honest enough with our listeners that that's kind of where I'm at mentally right now. I think that's where we're all at, and I think that's that's a reasonable way to feel. And I think it goes with the, um, it goes without saying that you mean as long as it's done safely, as long as it's done morally, ethically, all those sort of things. I have confidence that they can pull off the bubble scenario if that's what they decide to do because they did it in Edmonton and Toronto. And I right. feel like this would be a shorter term thing. And I think that the players have shown a willingness to buy into it. So I. I do feel confident that the NHL can do this safely. We saw that the bubbles are the best way to do this. So if that's where the NHL is leaning, I say set your bubble cities, get the teams there, get the season going. Like I I do feel confident that the league can set up the testing apparatus and the quarantine apparatus to make this happen. No, James, I'm confident that they can pull it off too. I just, you know, uh, I think it's okay if you're a fan and you're feeling a little bit selfish at this point, because I do think there is an element of mental health for the fans, right? This is good for us to have things to look forward to. It helps the pandemic become more livable. The NFL season has been a great distraction. The MLB season was a great distraction. Can you imagine had we gone through the pandemic without MLB, NBA, and the NFL can you in the Stanley Cup playoffs that we went through, how di- how much more difficult would that have been? And I know it's, you know, people look at it and say, oh, these millionaires, they shouldn't get special treatment. Correct. I understand where you're coming from. But at the same time, if these leagues are able to play, how much of a benefit does that give society in North America? Something to look forward to, something to stay in home and watch, something to stay in home and do. There's a benefit to that. There's a benefit to making the NHL operational for the mental health and well-being of its fans and spectators. I think maybe I'm just trying to to talk myself into it, but I truly believe that. I think that is important for people to have something to look forward to. And what percentage of the population says that about sports? A large, large percentage. So if they can make it happen, make it happen. 
just do it safe. Take care of your players. That that to me is is key. You know what else is key to taking care of yourself, Jay? Your body, your smell, smelling good. Your overall, good. yeah. Well, I just got my shipment of Doctor Squatch deodorant, buddy. I've been putting it to the test over the last little bit. Had one of those nights. Remember what was it? Uh, Friday night. It was raining. It was cold. It was like a weird night. I was in my car that was super hot. I was in and out of the car looking at Christmas lights. So I was getting that like stench, like sweat build up underneath everything. Oh, my God. Got home and I said, you know, I'm going to test out. How did the Dr. Squatch fare? I smelled like I just got out of the shower. I'm not even kidding. Dr. Squatch is a natural made in the USA hand cut bar soap company. That's what they are at their core. But because of their success, thanks to us, let's be honest. You and I, James, are single-handedly... No, it's not true. But they've been growing huge because the more people that try Dr. Squatch, the more they love it. I started out with the bar soaps. Then I moved on to the toothpaste, which I love and still use. Now I've got the deodorant. I've got the hair care kit. My entire bathroom looks like a Dr. Squatch ad because that's how much I love the stuff. It started out in June where I was sick and tired of my dry skin, my dry hands. I needed an answer. I placed an, ad, I placed an order for Dr. Squatch. Loved it, reached out to them, and they partnered with the podcast. Here's a pro tip. Anybody ordering anything that needs to be mailed, do it now. Do it yesterday because the U.S. Postal Service is slammed. They're understaffed and overwhelmed. So if you want your orders by Christmas, place them now. Go to DrSquatch.com. Shop around. Take that Squatch quiz on the top right corner of the page. When you're ready to check out, enter the promo code MADHOUSE20. You'll save 20% on your order. You'll help the podcast at the same time. And this is the season for giving after all. DrSquatch.com, promo code MADHOUSE20 to save on your order. The one other thing, Jay, that we do need to bring up because it will give us an opportunity to kind of cleanse our palates of all this serious stuff a little bit and allow us to be kind of meatball-y is the NHL, apparently, they're still obviously going through their divisional realignment scenarios, what they're going to do for the American teams that are in that are going to be playing this season. Originally, when they were kind of floating some ideas for realignment, the St. Louis Blues were going to be in this like weird central U.S. Pacific division with the Minnesota Wild being in the same division as the Blackhawks, the Red Wings, and a few other teams. However... There has been a revision to that, apparently. I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was just Blues fans being irritated. They were going to have to stay up till 9 o'clock for the start of hockey games or whatever it was. But apparently the NHL has potentially reversed course on this, and the new proposed alignment would move the Minnesota Wild to that division with the Stars, the Avs, the Coyotes, Ducks, Kings, Knights, and Sharks, I believe. And the... Blackhawks would then have the Blues in their division, along with the Red Wings, the Blue Jackets, the Predators, the Hurricanes. This is very bad for me. Then the Lightning and the Panthers. The Pittsburgh Penguins were actually originally part of this. The new alignment, it looks like they swapped the Penguins for the Hurricanes, probably to allow the Penguins to be in the same division as the Flyers, I would guess. Mm -hmm. The Flyers and the Capitals, probably their two biggest rivals, so... That's where we stand right now. We stand with the Blues probably. I'm just going to pretend that this is the case. This is not entirely <laughs> factual. Subject the Blues whined and moaned until they got put back in a division with the Blackhawks Aww. so they didn't have to travel. Aww. Boo! Poor Bluesies. Aww. 
Shut up. Screw St. Louis. I just think they're doing this to make to torture me more often so I have to see Tavo play for another team over and over and over again. That's Should I wear I my jersey when they play? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. For those in the podcast community that don't know, I am a not-so-secret Carolina Hurricanes enthusiast. I am officially one of the bunch of jerks. The Canes follow me on Twitter. We're pals. For the record, so this is going to be really difficult for me if they end up in the Blackhawks division. You were a jerk long before, even when the Hartford Whalers were playing. You were still a jerk. Well, you know, it's just good. It's good to like officially codify it and have a T-shirt right. notifying yeah. people of this fact. Now you're a jerk, TM. You know, you're an official. That's a, my small business. You're a, you're a capital J jerk instead of a lowercase J jerk. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Uh, We're almost there with so many things. We're hopefully less than a month away from hockey. We're a few months away from the vaccine. We're, what, six or seven months away from life being normal again. We can do it. We can make it. Holy cow. Don't miss our episode next week, a full World Junior Championship preview with Chris Peters of ESPN. We recorded that today. It is excellent. You will love it. So that'll come out on the 23rd. So we will not talk to you officially until after the holidays. So happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, all those great things. Uh, Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you in the new year on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch, and by Fry the Coop. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change. Like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mmm, yeah. I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible.